Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? It is Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, bright and early. We're here up early at the crack of dawn to get this out to you while you're driving around on Thanksgiving. It is Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. What's up, my man? How we doing? Not today, bro. Come on, man. No. You gotta get, it's holidays. No. You can get all the sleep you want coming this. We're no, gonna bang I, out two episodes today. I tried really hard. Like, I was that guy in the locker room. You never knew what <laughs> I was gonna be. You didn't know if I was gonna wake up and I was gonna be in there, like, chipper, ready to go. Uh-huh. Or if I was just gonna be there, like, ready to, like, just flip out. And yeah. today I feel like I'm ready to flip out. Oh, it was foggy. There were <laughs> accidents was. all on 595. It was. Like, uh, so it's Thanksgiving. I got I got a situation. I know I put you on the hot seat before when I grilled you on some of these get to know you segments. But I was driving in this morning, stopped at a gas station, and I walked in to you know pick up some water and stuff. And there was a guy outside, and I don't know if he was homeless or not. He was like he was dressed pretty nice. He had a cell phone, yep. and he hit me up and he said, "Hey man, can I get a couple bucks?" And he was outside the like the little convenience store at the uh. gas station. So I was like, I, it was it was a weird situation. So I was like, what do you need? I was going to get him water, get him food, whatever he need. He's like, I just need a couple bucks. And I'm like, what's it for? And he's like, I just need a couple bucks. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's Thanksgiving. It's right. holidays. So I was like, hold on a sec. Let me get it. I'm, I, I said, you sure you don't want any food? He's like, nah, nah. I just need a couple bucks. Right. And so I go in. I get my waters. I come out. I asked the guy inside. I'm like, is this guy here every day? Is this what's the deal? Background. And yeah. And he, the guy had nothing for me. Right. So I was like, what do I do? What would you have done coming out of the guy? Like a button down shirt on, <sighs> but it was just awkward. I would have probably given him a couple bucks. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, I would have given him a couple bucks. I, I used to be the guy who, who, who kind of tried to judge the situation a little better, right. try to read between the lines. But now I have my kids with me all the time, and they're always like, Daddy. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what bothers me? And I, I, I know this is a sports show, but this is like the biggest pet peeve of mine right now. It is the obligatory will you give at the cash register. Like, oh, will you give a yes. dollar? Yeah. Will you for give $4 for, for whatever? For somebody, for the kids, toys I've for been tots. to the store four times today. <laughs> and they do it like in earshot of everyone. So yeah. like now you're on blast. You're yeah. like, do you, if you don't give, you're an a-hole. Right. But now I've given $7 a day to some, I don't even know that the money's it's, going there. Exactly. Who yeah. knows where it I goes? Hate some that, tip jar that goes yeah. out there. Yeah. I think those should be outlawed. Those should be made illegal. But I ended up giving them a couple bucks. Thanksgiving spirit. I was like, all right. So I'm looking for karma to come back to me. Can I tell you what happened to me in the airport the other day? <laughs> what? Like I, so I'm in there. The woman asked if I want to give like a, a, a toothpaste kid to the troops yeah and i'm like yeah i you know i would love to give a toothpaste uh kid to the troops but i gave one when i was coming back from like right new york the other day right. i was like i got a good idea why doesn't like whatever the name of this store why don't you guys for everything i buy you donate a toothpaste <laughs> kit to the troops if you want the troops to have toothpaste and stuff like that i'll support that i'll buy five of them yeah. if you'll match my donation we'll give 10 yeah. 10 toothpaste well sir i don't make those decisions i was like no no no, no. I, I i clearly understand you don't make the decision but yeah. don't don't you think i have some <laughs> kind of point here yeah like we get into this whole thing and my wife's looking at me like you are just out of your mind i feel like i'm george costanza it's like <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> we got a big show lined up for you we're gonna get to some football we got three thanksgiving games we're gonna preview we've got some college basketball news as michael porter porter jr was sidelined for the year We've got our topic segment where we get Debo, our producer, who sold me out in the first episode. We're going to get him involved some more. But it is Thanksgiving. Yep. 
And everybody, you know, always talks about the diet. What are you going to do? I actually have been eating less so I can kind of bulk up, but I'm traveling <laughs> on Thanksgiving, so I don't even know how much I'm going to do. But I have a question for you. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, do you eat turkey? Because you're vegan, right? No, I'm so I'm not vegan. Yeah, but you don't eat but, meat. Yeah, I'm so vegetarian. Okay, vegetarian ish. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm not eating turkey. I so it, turkey is it's it looks dry first of all. <laughs> it is. It's, I put ketchup on my turkey. Really? Yeah, because I need something. I feel like that's blasphemous too. But it's, like, oh yeah, for sure is. Uh, uh, no, I'm not touching turkey. <laughs> Debo didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, a little I've ketchup. I've never on, heard of that. It's actually really good. You need to try it. Like I put ketchup on fried chicken, a little hot sauce. Yeah. Same kind of hot sauce species, I guess, right? right? It's a bird. Like I'm gonna put something on. I feel it. like it needs something. I've never eaten it, but it looks like it needs something. So why on are it. you vegetarian? Uh, I just never ate meat. Like, I don't like the texture of the meat. So uh, there's no, like, stand. You don't feel nah, bad for the animals. Nah, it's like, just you don't like the taste. Yeah, I mean, I just – when I – some of it really looks good. Like, fried chicken, I love the smell. Uh, but when I go to bite it and chew it, I just can't do it. All right. So you're the one of the people that don't have to worry about the extra Thanksgiving weight that's going yeah. on. Oh, no, I do. I yeah. do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a carb and, like, dessert guy. So breads and everything else. Oh, breads, potatoes, uh, like – Candy, yeah, like all of that. I'm in. All right, yeah. let's get some football because it is Thanksgiving, and when we think about football, that's what we're gonna do: mm -hmm. eat and watch football all day. <laughs> so we got three matchups: we got Vikings, Lions, Chargers, Cowboys, and Giants, Redskins. All have interesting storylines in each game. For the first one, the Vikings Lions game, I think this is all about Case Keenum. He's come in and he's been a career backup. Like he's been a guy that people have looked at and said. Ah, uh, he's a serviceable guy. He can come in, get you a couple games, mm -hmm. but he's been anything but that. He's been coming in, lighting up. His boy Thielen is one of the best stories at the wide receiver position. He's second in the league behind Antonio Brown, lighting it up for him. But Case Keenum has been incredible stepping in for the role that was left when Sam Bradford was out. Does he keep it rolling and keep this Vikings team, which is eight and two at the top of their division? It is a key divisional matchup versus the Lions. Does he keep it rolling? Yeah, I think he does. I do, and I think, you know, every year there's, like, a team that does this, right, mm -hmm. in, in a different sport, and they're just doing things you didn't expect them to do. I actually, you know, I can relate to a guy like Case Keenum, you know, coming off the bench, not being, you know, that first-round draft pick and having to, like, cut your teeth and show and prove over and over again. And so I pull for a guy like that. Plus, I... I mean, is Detroit like a defensive juggernaut that I haven't heard about this year? Like, I... <laughs> They've been getting hot as of late. They've won three in a row, but they're against garbage teams. Right. Uh, they beat the Browns and the Bears back to back. They beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. That was the game he left. So I think they're a little bit of a, they're a little bit of frauds right now. And I, Matthew Stafford's going to put up a lot of yards, but I feel like the Vikings will be able to get up there. Uh, Case Keenum, he, I, I like, he's a guy that I look at and I'm like, man, that, that was kind of a guy like me, like right. a journeyman guy who was just hoping to get his opportunity. And he's making way more of his opportunity than I did with mine. <laughs> but I, I was bummed when I heard Mike Zimmer talking about it because there's been talk of Teddy Bridgewater getting to play. He's back off of IR. He had the horrific injury. And it almost seems like Mike Zimmer wants to put Teddy Bridgewater back in there. And I'm like, what are you thinking? When you are rolling the way this team is, why would you mess with that chemistry? I don't know. And I wish he would have put that to bed. Like Exactly. I, Just name him. Say he's our guy. He's going to finish the season with us. We're going to figure out Teddy Bridgewater later. Teddy would understand that. Like As a, totally. as a player, you, you completely understand. You want to get back in there and play. But you have to give your brothers, like the rest of the guys on that team, the best opportunity um, they have to win this year, and Case Keenum represents that. And if I'm if I'm Case Keenum, and I said on the last episode when Tyrod Taylor was, you know, we had the situation with that. If I'm Case Keenum, like I might not say it to my teammates, but when I'm sitting around with my wife, I'm like, can you believe this dude? 
Like all I've done this year and the way we've rebounded and, and, and held this ship together. And this guy won't just go ahead and name me the starter. Like I will have a little bit of resentment for that. And, and look, quite frankly, maybe that's why he did it. Maybe when he keeps the, wants to keep him sharp and wants to keep him focused and, and playing at the top of his game. But I wish he would have put it to bed. Yeah, me too. All right. Next up. Next up. We got the good timing on that deep. All right. Next up. We got Chargers, Cowboys and the million dollar question with this game. Is no Ezekiel Elliott, Tyron Smith, their left tackle, still in question. I think he plays, but I don't think it's as big of a deal uh, as it is with Ezekiel Elliott. They're 0-2 without Zeke. They lost to the Falcons, lost to the Eagles, back-to-back games. It's been ugly. Do they get it turned around versus the Chargers? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, offensively, maybe they look a little better, but the Chargers are scoring a lot of points right now. And even if they turn it around offensively, I don't think they're going to be a, a, a 35 to 40 point score offensively overnight. I think it's going to take a few weeks for them to, to round into the type of team that they're going to be without Zeke Elliott. So my answer to that one is no. So you're, you're, you're pissing me off though, Raja, cause we're supposed to like get yelling at each other and like debate these <laughs> we're, topics. We're way too aggressive. I think the Cowboys were done the meet, the minute that Zeke got put on the six game suspension. By the way, he gave up on that appeal. So it's official. There is no, he could be coming back. Right. They're not going to get him back to the last two games of the season, which I think is going to be too late. They're sitting at five and five right now. I think their playoffs hopes are done. But actually, in the long run, because the Eagles are going to win that division, the race for the NFC wildcard spots, I think, are going to be other teams that are going to have more success. But I think this will be better off for Dak Prescott in the long run. You might say, what are you talking about? He's looked bad. It's You have to learn and kind of cut your teeth and have some of these ugly games to learn how to put the team on your back. They've had a luxury. Dak Prescott has had a luxury of the number one rushing attack as a rookie when they had the best offensive line and they had Ezekiel and they didn't ask him to do too much where he wasn't asked to go out there and win games by himself. And he, I don't think he'll be able to do that this year, but I think learning how to do that will be right. more important for his development long term. So they'll be in a better spot next year when they get Zeke back. So do you imagine in, 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 do you imagine that they have to schematically change some things? Like is this, is there going to be less of a focus on the run game for them? Or are they going to say, all right, look, we're going to, we're going to give, Dak the opportunity to go out there and, and I think make they plays. should. I think they should. And they ran the ball better. Alfred Morris had 91 yards. Like they got it close to 100 yards rushing. Their bigger problem, and they've, they've tried to do more helping out the left tackle. Tyron Smith coming back will help them in pass protection. And they really got exposed versus the Falcons when he was getting sacked, right. I think six, seven times. It, it was, it was crazy. It was awful bad. Uh, but I think they'll be able to, uh, to game plan a little bit better when Tyron comes back. But this to me, it, they should be attacking people more and saying, all right, we're not, we're, if we try to run, cause Zeke is a different level back. Like they, he's not just a running back. He's, there's a reason he was top five. Right. He is a difference maker. And we're seeing, there's no surprise you're seeing Todd Gurley and the Rams do this. And Jared Goff has helped with that. There's a reason the Eagles are able to run the football with LeGarrette Blunt and now Jay Ajayi. That's why Carson Wentz is having success. Like it is kind of the new NFL is not so much all passing. It's, hey, let's have a good running game. Like ultimately that is a football is a physical game. Right. You got to get back to that. I think the, I think the Cowboys will get back to that next year, but this year, Develop Dak Prescott as a passer, and you'll be better off next year when he's a little bit more multifaceted than he has been. All right, next up. All right, the Giants, Redskins, last game of the night. Uh, the Giants actually had a big win. They shocked the world, beat the Chiefs, able to win that one in overtime, 12-9. to But the Redskins, much more uh, of a challenging game, in my opinion, for them. Kirk Cousins comp- continues the ball. I, I still don't know what is going on, why they wouldn't lock him up long term. They keep hitting him with a franchise tag, and he's making a lot of money year to year 
but why not lock him up and make him the franchise guy? Do you think Kirk Cousins continues to light it up statistically where the Redskins have to pay him? Okay, the silence. That's what it's going to be like in my house when the game's on because I could care less about this game. I don't, I do not care about this game. <laughs> a couple of bad <laughs> NFC East teams. Yes, I could care less. <laughs> Having said that, um, yeah, man, I think Kirk Cousins is going to get paid. I think he should get paid. Um, you know, again, I was a guy who played a few games, had some modicum of success, was hoping to get some money. People told me, no, you got to show it again, did it again. People told me, nah, we're going to give you the minimum, you do it again. And so I'm always pulling for a guy like Kirk. Who, who hasn't had the opportunity to, uh, to, to reap the benefits. And I think, you know, not everyone can perform under that pressure. Like playing under contract years or, you know, playing for your money, so to speak, because that's what he's doing. Yeah. Like he's, you know, you're playing for your team. You want to win. But at the end of the day, this is one year showcase for you to say, I am worth this bag of money that's sitting at the end of the rainbow. And some people cannot perform under that kind of pressure. It's just the way it goes. And quite frankly, like, I didn't know if I could my year in Utah. Like, my first year, I was on a two-year deal. I played free, loose, never even thought about it. My second year in Utah, when I knew I was coming up at the end of the year, I was like, bro, can you handle this? Like, is this going to be too much for us? Like, you know, once the season started, I was fine. But there have been other guys that can't do it. Right. I have so much respect for guys like Kirk Cousins who have been able to do it. Year, he's, this is his third year. He's putting up huge numbers. Like, yeah. he's proven himself time and time again. And this is another year. He's going to be on pace for another 4,000 yard season. He's, you know, he's 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. I think he's, it's, it's, I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Like, without question, you can't yeah. even argue it. So why not lock him up? But going to your, I think it's easy for guys to go out there and play carefree when they lock up the $100 million deal. Like, you're, you don't have any care in the world. When you have the pressure of having to earn it every single year, I look at those guys and say, man, those dudes are ballers. And Kirk Cousins is not Case Keenum. Case Keenum is a journeyman who can give you – now he's proven more. He's going to get you in the playoffs probably. But Kirk Cousins is the answer for this team, and they don't realize it. And it's going to cost them in the long term because they might lose him out to another team. All right, there was uh, another story in, in the NFL that I thought was very interesting. doesn't have to do with the game, but it has to do with a front office member. Uh, and that's the Denver Broncos. They have been atrocious this season. Their defense came into the season as one of the best defenses we've seen out there. They have not been able to figure it out at quarterback. It's been an abject disaster for them. So what do you do? If you're John Elway, you come out in the press, as he did last week before their game, which they got smoked, by the way. Uh, you come out and you challenge the team. And you say, you know what? I think they've gotten a little bit soft. Well, guess who did not like that? Uh, too much. Yeah, let me let me. Guess. <laughs> Anyone uh, in that the line, roster? Like, oh my gosh, they were all like, and this is Elway. This is their their executive, their GM, the guy who's brought the, that won two Super Bowls, right. that brought them another one. They did not like it. Like, how would you have responded? Like, because I don't think there's anything more insulting than to come out and to call, and especially in football. Like and in basketball, I think it's one thing. In football. It is the most disrespectful thing you can say to, to somebody is soft. that you're soft. S-O-F-T, and, soft. And it, yeah, I said it. It lit them up. Like, they were not happy about it. Um, listen, if you don't want to be called soft, do something about it. <laughs> See, that's no, Do something about it. I, I think that's what Elway's mindset was. Like, hey, I'm going to call these guys out and see how they respond. Right. And they didn't. Well, <laughs> here's the deal, man. We've said this multiple times. Like, today's generation, and we sound like those old curmudgeons, but <laughs> – they're just not wired the same way. Like the challenges of, like, of manhood, you know, that you could have gotten away with maybe in John Elway's yeah. you know, day. Clearly, 
today's players don't respond the same way. And that doesn't even have anything to do with football. That's across all sports. They're just wired a little different. But I am a believer that you, you've underachieved. I mean, clearly there's a huge quarterback you know, void there, and there's some Osweiler and the kids Simeon, yeah. and like now they, they're going with Paxton Lynch. Right. They made a quarterback change this so, week too. Is they Osweiler fired. even still there? Yeah, yeah, he he's there. He was right? awful. Yeah, and he was awful. It was brutal. It was a it was a disaster. That's a joke. But yeah. you had what what people regarded as one of the better defenses over the last Absolutely. few years, and they've been bad. Yeah. So, so, but I I almost I feel bad for the defense because I've been on teams. <laughs> in large part because it was my fault. I mean, look, when I was in the Giants, we went to the playoffs with an awesome defense and a very average uh, offense, which is what this team won the Super Bowl with. They were average. Peyton Manning was horrific that year. They won the Super Bowl. So they've had that formula in place. But this year, when it doesn't work, then you see infighting on the sideline, and guys are like, well, hey, what's going on? Then the defense kind of checks out because it's mentally it's one thing to have to go out there and keep trying to keep your team in games. But physically – when your offense keeps getting three and outs or they're throwing pick sixes or they're getting turnovers and you're on the field the whole game, then it's a whole different story. Then at some point you check out and you're like, man, this sucks. I am done. And I think that's a lot part what Elway was trying to prevent because when they had back-to-back games against the Eagles and the Patriots where they gave up 51 and 41, Elway's thinking, what happened to that great defense? Right. And the defense is like, man, we can't go out there every week and pitch a shutout. So I think there was some frustration there. I could see that. I could see if, if you felt as a defense that that was lobbed more more so at you than the offense, which has been relatively inept, yes. then, then I understand the frustration. But if it was one of those, you know, if there was, if it was a situation where, you know, we've had these conversations, right, as leaders of the defense, yeah. and, I, and I've said to the coaching staff or, or to John Elway, like, look, here's where we're at, man. Like, we don't feel like we're getting the support. These are, this is a dialogue that we've had. Um, and, and, and John has given me some indication that he realizes that we need help and he hasn't provided that. Yeah. And then he throws me under the bus. I am going to be livid. But, Do and you, I don't know whether that conversation's been had. So Elway came out and the try, he's, cause Vance Joseph, the head coach, like took it personally. He's like, Hey, he's like, I, he said, I, and he kind of, he tried to take the hit for the team because I think he knew how upset the locker room was. He said, right. Hey, he's talking to me. He's talking to everybody in the organization. Elway addressed it yesterday. It was that bad. I think he knew he was losing the locker room where he said, I was including myself in that. He said, he, he kind of Said, no, you weren't. <laughs> right. No, you weren't. But he was trying to say it as since they won the Super Bowl, they've lost that edge was the way he tried to explain himself. Uh, but I, I and I think he I think it's one where you never see this. And I don't know how it was in the NBA, but never experienced a GM that had to address the team like in a in a kind of a uh, on a one to one level where he comes down and it's anything but. You know, a generic welcome to the season type of talk. Sure. But I almost feel like now Elway has to go into that locker room, into the meeting room, and address the players and explain himself. Yeah, I'm sure. And maybe, I don't know if he has to apologize. I don't know what he has to do, but, and it would be unprecedented. Like, I never was on a team where the GM, like, said, hey, you guys better play better. Like, never. I don't know that there's anything you do right now other than, other than, just keep barking up the wee tree, right? Like that's yeah. what you got to keep. Doing. Yeah, we're all in this together. That's it. And I, I except I, your offensive coordinator, he just fired. <laughs> like your, people guy. are starting to get axed, yes. which is another way. To I don't get know the that teams. there's anything he could do right now. You said something that kind of caught my attention because you said we sound like a couple old guys. Do you think it's possible to coach this way and to to manage the way that Elway did by calling guys out and calling them soft and being direct, or do we have to coddle people now, like the younger generation? I don't think you have to coddle them. Um, like I was that kind of I player. Not. I don't, but but like I've never subscribed to putting someone on blast through the media. I've always been a wee guy, and we've talked about this through rehearsals and all of that. Like my number one rule was when I was going to call anybody out, I lump myself in the category, even if it was Danny. Mm-hmm. Like I say, me and Danny need to be better. Like I, I just believe that that's 
received much better. I know I would receive it much better if someone was calling me out and put their name in it with me. So I just think, you know, you can call someone soft. You can call a unit soft, but include yourself in that, um, and it'll be better received than just, like, pointing fingers, so to speak, within an organization. I hope I hope the younger generation can handle being called soft if you're playing as bad as they if are. You're soft, if you're three and seven, like, you should be able to handle some criticism. 100%. And if you, you should be able to turn it around. It'll be interesting to watch how that plays out. Uh, you, this is off the bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. You said we. I want to get you in on the autograph signatures for the subscribers. Are you in on that? Autographed what? Oh, so he's autographed cards, not autographed signatures. That would be a uh, double entendre, I think, is what they call it. So we've been. So I, you don't know about this because no. you're not on Twitter. Right. Well, I think right, you should right. just stay off Twitter. Uh, I am because I, I don't think a... you want to know about it. But I sent out the offer that if people subscribe to us uh, on iTunes on, yeah. on, on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review and give us some love. That I'd send them a Danny Cannell signed autograph football card. Oh, look at you. Are you in? Do you got any football cards? I don't even know where to get my cards. Oh, come on. You got a bunch, don't you? They weren't as big in basketball. They never have been. What I do is if you send something to my house, it's mine. Oh, that's it, weird, it's right? I get those all the time. That's weird. That's Where mine. do you think that stash of 25 cards I've got that are going out came from? I ain't sending them out either. It is weird when you get stuff to your personal Dude, address, yeah. and I don't care how you found it. If I don't, you, I'm not impressed. That's creepy, bro. It's like, real creepy. Send it to me at the arena. Like I'd sign all that, send it back. Um, you see me at a show, like an autograph sign, and all good. Right. Don't send stuff to my house. Right, exactly. It's just weird. So that's it. Hit us up. Give us a five-star review. Uh, maybe we'll get Raja in on the signature thing. Even if you don't want my card, leave a five-star review anyway. <laughs> Hit us up. Debo, what you and got? tweet a picture at Canel on Bell on Twitter for proof, and we will send that out. I oh, will, yeah. I will send grab, that out. Screen Debo. grab. Oh, yeah, you're handling it. My, my DMs got lit up, too. Um, all right, let's keep it moving because there was another – I feel like we're doing a softer than Strasburg segment already with Elway calling his team soft. Somebody else uh. was calling people soft. Your guy, LeVar Ball, oh. can't get an – I mean, this guy drives me insane. You love him. <laughs> I can't stand him. I can't stand that he's still out there. But he actually – and this is where I think he can do all the stuff where he's building a big brawler brand. But when he gets involved and criticizes the coaches – of yeah. his son Lonzo's team. He went after Luke Walton and the coaches, and he said, quote, they're soft. They don't know how to coach my son. I know how to coach him. It is not something you're going to want to have to deal with if you're Luke Walton. Hear what he had to say after the game. I will say this. I think that he has done a phenomenal job as a father with Lonzo because Lonzo is a special young man. He's self selfless he's unselfish his teammates his teammates love him he cares about them uh he plays the game the right way so he's done a great job with that but we're not uh concerned with what parents think of how we're coaching the the team <laughs> this is like a little league coach yeah. addressing the parents on the sideline that's not yeah that's that that's that uh Hey guys, we've had too many coaches on the field. We have too many players on the field. Too many parents this on the field. It's like little league. To, yeah, that's it's like little league. This is what we worried about coming into the draft, and we did a lot of we did a lot of uh, debate over whether or not Lavar was going to be able to cool out and let Lonzo be a pro and stay out of the way. Look, what, what he's got going on with the president. Like, I know we're not going to get into that. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got nothing to do with your son's job and his livelihood. You need to stay away from from insulting. The, the brass with the Lakers. Like, you, you you don't need to do that. It's not helping your son, who I believe to be a good player, but to this point has really struggled despite the two the two, uh, the, the two triple-doubles. He has not looked great. Uh, just get out of the way. Back up. Let that man 
figure out who he is as a he pro. Can't. Yeah, he can't. Le- LeVar cannot get out of his own way. I thought that he would. I thought that he would. I thought that once he got That's him why to you this liked point, him. I can't stand him. Yeah, I think, I, I wonder, cause I think it could get to a point, where, and I don't know what you do, but if you ban him from the stadium, like the arena. Oh, uh, you can't do that. You can't? No, you can't. What if he keeps criticizing him? No, but what can't. if he's yelling look, at him from the side, like from the stands? So what look, if he's yelling, like, look, hey, you got to get him. You got to do minutes. Like he did it in high school. Look, Luke he did Walt, it in college. Luke Why Walt, would he change? Magic, you guys are big boys. You wear big boy pants. You get paid a lot of money. Like, it, <laughs> you know, like it, a, a father is allowed to have whatever criticism he wants. Like it's not illegal to do it. I don't think it's a good look. But, hell, if my dad wanted to come in there and probably did yell stuff at my coaches in the stands, it's his, it's his right to do that. Yeah. You I know? will say this because the comments, those were the comments – the ones that I just uh, had with LeVar Ball talking about they're soft, they don't know how to coach my son, I actually went and found like the full context of the interview, and I thought he was actually spot on some things, but you can't criticize the coaches and say they don't know how to coach my son because he actually had some points talking about getting the win because LeVar went out. He said, go get the W. Do whatever it takes. That's what I'm down here saying. Rebound. He's been away from me too long. I see tendencies in his game. They're trying to baby him a little bit. I actually like some of that tough love. And I, and he talked about in the NBA, he said we keep. He said the Lakers need to be quit making the excuse of being too young. We have talent. We should be able to win. So I actually, the full context of his quotes, I thought were pretty spot on. But you can't go after the coaches. You just can't do it. Uh, yeah, I'd have to hear the whole interview. If it was like a character assassination on on Luke and and he just said Lonzo, they were soft on his son. I don't. And they don't know how to coach so look, my son. That was the one phrase well, the, you have to avoid. The, but he doesn't. Lamar has no him, filter. That's one thing that they don't know how to coach him. Maybe a little saying they're too soft on him. Hey, look, that you know, shoot, I think coaches are too soft on my kids sometimes. You know, I I, I would have that same opinion. Um, it, 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 here's the deal, dude. He's gonna be who he is. That kid needs to be a player. Yeah. Like for for that dad to not have the type of effect that he's having right now, the kid has to, the kid's talent has to overshadow the dad's mouth. And right now, the kid's talent's not doing that. It's so, not going to do it right. at all. I don't, I think he's got serious issues with a shot. Like, and we've talked about this. I think that shot, the unique style of it, the way he comes across, I think he's going to struggle getting off with it. I don't think he's that good of a shooter. If they and if they try to rework his shooting motion, I think they're screwed because you can't. And may, you tell me this because. I think in football, and we saw this with Tim Tebow, yeah. and we've seen it with other quarterbacks, your motion that you grew up with is always going to be your motion. You can say, I'm going to change, I'm going to get on my mechanics, I'm going to quicken my release, but when it's under the gun, when it's under pressure, you will always revert back to your your normal kind of motion that sure. you always go with. That's why I don't think uh, – Lonzo's going to be able to switch his his technique. Jump. Do you think he can? Do you think he can no. switch his jumper? No. I, I think it can be tweaked, but I don't think you can switch it. I think jump shots, uh, motions, all of that, they're, they're like snowflakes. They're unique, right? You grow, you make it your own. Yeah. It, within that, you can tweak you can tweak them. So, But Lonzo shoots the ball essentially from the left side of his face. Like You're not going to bring him all the way back over to the right and get that elbow tucked in and have it straight up and down. That's just never going to be his shot. Um, what you want to do is – Tweak whatever you see over there and then have him shoot thousands and so thousands unique, and though. thousands and thousands and thousands of jump shots. He has to get – he's got to get stronger, right? Cause Which you, he will. He's he young. looks small, right? Yeah. Like I thought he was a better athlete um, uh, 
he's a good vertical athlete. He seems to be challenged. He looks like he's always behind the play defensively. So that, that lateral quickness and strength isn't there. Those hips need to be stronger. They'll, they'll get there. He needs to put on some weight and, and now, and he needs to shoot thousands of jump shots. It's the only remedy for that. Whatever kind of form you want him to have, he needs to shoot thousands of shots and really lock in a confidence level with that shot going into next season. I'm glad you said that because I think we, I think too many coaches and we see so many specialists, whether it's shot specialists, quarterback gurus, golf swing coaches. Yeah. And I think too many people try to conform to one certain technique. And I think there's a natural motion that everybody sure. has, the way they were born. I think I'm with you. I think you work to that natural motion, try to make some subtle tweaks. Do you get it? Yeah. But it's all about repetition. If you can repeat that swing, that shot, that throwing motion and be accurate with it, that's what it's all about. Re- Reggie Miller's jump shot by no means was textbook. Jim Furyk's golf swing, <laughs> nowhere near ugly. textbook. They're, t- they're two of the better, like, ball strikers and shooters, you know, out there. So I, I agree with you 100%. All right, another basketball story. This one from college basketball. Are you dialed into the recruiting scene? Like, do you – are to you, a degree. You are. So you obviously know who Michael Porter Jr. Oh, is. Yeah. Because he was the number two overall recruit. He's special. Goes to Missouri. He's special – but we're not going to get to see him this year because he left the game, the first game of the season after two minutes, three minutes, Debo, two minutes of the game. He goes out with an injury, and it was just announced he's going to be out for the remainder of the season. He's going to have back surgery, which to me is the, it's not an ankle. It's not an ACL, which would be bad enough. Your back terrifies me. As somebody who's dealt with some back issues, yeah. I know how it impacts everything you do. How do you think this plays out? Because he's done for this season. Do you think he'll just make the jump to the NBA? Yeah. You do. You don't think there's any chance he'd go back. Because his brother Excuse plays me. in Mizzou. He's got family members that are around there. Like yeah. he's, You don't think he goes and plays a year at Mizzou? No, he's not going to play a year at Mizzou. <laughs> he's um, going to go get paid. He's going to go make, make that money. And if he does play a year at Mizzou, then throw up the red flag. I mean, I don't understand how they get away with this anyway. Like you, your whole family is at Missouri to get <laughs> right, one right. recruit. His dad's like, an assistant. His brother's a teammate. He's got two sisters on the women's team. Hey, listen, bro. Michael. They're Mike, a tight family. Bro, he, that, kid is, that kid is their tight family. <laughs> <laughs> that kid is that kid is every bit Duke, Kentucky. Like, not that Mizzou doesn't have a good program, but does Mizzou have a good program? Uh, they haven't historically right. been that great. So, anyway, um, <laughs> if he comes back and plays, that should be a red flag. Really? If he comes back and plays for Mizzou, then there was some sort of – there was some sort of like obligatory, like we're gonna need you to play like set amount of games <laughs> because we got your brother, we got your sisters, we got your dad. But no, that kid will go make a lot of money in the NBA, and hopefully, um, I don't know what the injury is. I mean, but I agree with you 100 percent again. How do you evaluate back, a guy? Is it all? Because that to me says then if the NBA, it's all about potential. Because if you haven't seen it's him, it's 100 percent about potential. What do you mean? It's, it's yes. <laughs> there's, so no deba- there's no so debate. There's no debate. All two that. minutes is good enough. And Dude, I, like if, Kyrie hardly played at all at Duke. Like, yeah, I, we look, had a few games, and then he played in the tournament, and then he was bounced. If you come out of high school and you've got you've got some cachet, right? Like let's say you're let's say you're six ten wing, and they're salivating over you in high school. If you have one good game in college, stop playing basketball. Stop. <laughs> before you get exposed. Shut it down before they start finding holes in your game. Like that, that's, you know, in Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen should have come out. Should have bounced. Yeah. It's real talk. Yeah. And I think he still might get drafted pretty high. Well, I mean, Grayson? If he falls out this season, but look at it. I like he's been out. I, I think he's a good player. But I he, can't stand him. I mean, I, 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 you know, I hate him because I <laughs> yeah. hate Duke. Right. And, um, but I think he's a really good player and I really like Shashevsky. You asked me off air, like, 
if I like Shashevsky when yeah. I met him, and I actually do. So it sucks that I grew up hating Duke, but right, I grew up a huge Carolina basketball fan, and I hated Coach K too, like the mousy face. Like <laughs> and when he gets fired, when he gets mad, he just looks like a mouse or a rat. I think a rat would be more appropriate. I couldn't stand him either, but like you, I got to meet him, yeah, and I was blown away. Like it's some of his motivational tactics. I heard him address his team. Like he was just a cool dude. I was like, man, I was like, I, now I so now I kind of root for him, but I am not down with Grayson right. Allen. All that good, but although I will say, he's this, a Florida kid. I know. Yeah, he's from Jacksonville. And I do love the passion with which he plays with. But man, the cheap shots, the tripping, like you gotta, you gotta learn how to, you gotta learn how to get out of that. And and like just move on and and just kind of bottle up that passion into a better place Mm -hmm. than crying on the bench when you get benched (laughs) from a game. Um, it is Thanksgiving. I, I'm actually working on Thanksgiving. I'm traveling tomorrow to do a college football game. Yeah. I'm going to Nebraska, lovely Lincoln, Nebraska, Word. for the game between Nebraska and Iowa. So, I, But for me, it's kind of something I'm always used to. Like I always worked either or played right. on Thanksgiving. Whether And it started really in high school. We had a couple practices. They were pretty light. But then in college, was at college, never got to go home for Thanksgiving break. It was always our rivalry weekend, yeah. uh, which we're going to get to in the next episode. For Friday's episode, we're going to do a college football preview of the rivalry games. But I never got to do it. NFL, never got to go home. You always, you were always working Thanksgiving too, right? Sure. Christmas, all the holidays, you yeah. were working. What do you, what was weird about that? Or was it weird for you to just become no, part of the job? That was part of the job. It had been for me the same way since, since college and high school as well. Um, so it's just what I, it's what I did. And I remember like in the NBA, you knew you were good if you were playing on Christmas Day. Like the Christmas Day games were the ones where they were trying to put, it was in its infancy at the time. Like I don't, the slate of games weren't as big as they are now, but they were trying to put, like, two people that hated each other, two teams that had yeah. locked horns. Like, that's what they wanted to get on Christmas Day. So it was always an honor uh, if you got slated to play on a Christmas Day game. So I played in L.A. a lot. Like, I think when I was with the Sixers. Um, Do you remember any of your games? Does one stand out? Uh, Our boy Debo is a mad researcher. One, he actually found one. One stands out, um, not the game itself, but one holiday weekend because I had taken my family out. Uh, my parents came out to Phoenix, and then we went out to L.A., and I had my, my first son, Dia, was born. And we were on, like, Rodeo and something. And, you know, it was beautiful out, Southern California weather, and I got my family. And, like, life is good. And some guy rides by, and he's like, Roger Bell, Roger Bell. And I, like, wave at him, like, yo, what's up, boss? And he's like, oh, <laughs> and my parents are standing there. I'm like, oh my god! So that was that was a funny like Christmas story moment. For me. Could that have been this game? Oh seven? Yeah, it would have been. Well, Dia was born in. Oh, yeah, it might have been oh seven. <laughs> so you no, got no, this. It would have been oh eight. It would have been. Oh, it would have been oh eight. Oh seven was solid, right? Yeah. What was the stat line here? Fifteen points, five for eleven shooting, four for six from three. Word. Two rebounds, two assists, but a loss to the Lakers. <laughs> Kobe. Well, I like the other story. But I like riding around Rodeo oh, getting cussed out on there for sure. All right, let's do some topics. It's the I think we got some a couple good ones to get to. Uh, Debo, what'd you find? What'd you dig up for us on topics? All right, we're gonna start with the Manti Teo Memorial segment. <laughs> Ray Allen was catfished, so he's asking an Orange County court to have a stalking suit against him thrown out, and he's actually claiming that he was stalked after being catfished by a man who impersonated multiple women to get closer to him. Um, he had that DM that went public a few years ago. I'd get fired if I read it. Um, but <laughs> pro- it's really explicit. We, we like can, very explicit. We can not say it. But okay. Probably time he gives up the internet, right? Well, I, I, I don't. I, so this is one of the good things you're not on Twitter. Okay. Because nothing good happens when somebody slides into your DMs 
I love if, that song, by the way. Like, it's like three years old. Yes. yes. It goes down but, into DM. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, if somebody hits you up, it's never, and I know NBA guys, it's probably pretty easy, but it's never as easy as some of these guys think it is. Like you start falling in love with somebody because they send you a hot picture within the first DM. It's a, there's a red flag, a huge red flag should go up. And yet guys fall for it time and time again. And Ray Allen's just the latest one to do it. Uh, I, I, so my, my parents were talking about somebody getting catfished the other day. I do not even understand how you get catfished. Like, do you know what like, it is? I, I do know what it is, but I mean, I, like in today's, to so, all like, you need do you, to do is today's society. If you got one of those pictures, I would be like FaceTime stop. now. Yes. I want to see video. I want to see you live on the screen right now. If you're not there, peace out. I'm done. And I'm married. I don't have to deal with it, but I should start a consulting company yeah, to should. help these Correct. dudes teach them how to not that. get catfish. It's as simple as that. If we, yes. Right. Like just, just say it send, or send a picture with the pr- newspaper from today. Like go old school on. But we have technology <laughs> now where it's FaceTime. Just turn on the FaceTime and show right. me. Show right. me what you got. Agreed. Show me the goods. That's and if mess. you're not there, move on. That's a mess. So Ray Allen, it's going to get worse for him. And they're bringing up the old, the old tweets and it's just, it's not a good look. And I'm pretty sure he's married, right? He's definitely married. Yeah, that's definitely not helping stuff. Because if you, what is it, what does that do if you were getting catfished, but you still yeah, were I messing around with somebody? <laughs> like what's still all of it's bad for him. Any way you look at it. All right. What do we got? All right. I'm joined by a couple of fashion icons right now. It's time Clearly. for a, uh, a couple fashion topics. Yeah. This one's called WTF were they wearing? Yeah. What the F were they wearing? Okay. So for these pictures, visit at Canel and Bell on Twitter. But Mike Bray, Notre Dame head basketball coach, got super casual during the Maui Invitational. Uh, what's the appropriate sideline attire? Well, do you, have you seen what he wore? Because he, he's in Hawaii. They're at the Maui Classic, which I get. It's a more casual vibe. But if you're going to go casual in Hawaii, no, you got to go Hawaiian shirt and you need to wear a lei so that you're there. Because he came out there with the Under Armour, like, Dry fit t-shirt with some khaki pants. Did he have on shoes or flip-flops? No, he has on ugly, like black running shoes with white ankle socks. Which Awful, is a, which is terrible. Awful. And if you got legs like that, you should Skipping probably keep them under wrap. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. That's just unacceptable, Mike Bray. Like that, you, you look like you're at a uh, like. You know, you would dress better than that to go speak at a, at a coaching clinic. Oh, you for would. sure. Yes. You'd wear a polo and some like. It's uh, an awful look. I get that, and I think I think it's going to be used against him in recruiting. Like, if I was a coach, I would say, "Why would you want to go play for a guy that dresses like this?" Uh, can, let me ask you a question: Could you go? Like, I don't think t-shirts are ever acceptable. But if you wore those khaki, those like putty khaki shorts, uh, you threw on a collared <laughs> shirt putty. untucked. I'd even give yeah, you. Yeah, I'd even like, give you some some kind of like a uh, sandalish thing. I'd let you do that. You're in Maui. Maui. With the yeah, yeah. You got to put the lay the on lay to have the to disclaimer because then you're like, hey, because this will be. This will be timeless. Like you can't like people control him with this and put out this picture and in a year or two they won't remember it was in Maui. They're just gonna say, Man, that's an awful look. That's like, an awful look. And you can't and I know Harbaugh has the khaki things, like and they're bad too, but he's kinda made it his brand. If you're Mike Bray, you want to get as far away from this picture as you can. Bro, like if there's another game, you better come out there with a different like, look. Tuxedo, like balance it out. <laughs> yes. Um never good look. I just want to put this out there for all of our listeners because yeah. it really bothers me. It is never a good look. When you've got all that leg showing, yeah. to wear black sneakers with white ankle socks. Yeah, you can't. You got to go color code. You got to go black on black for sure. Or just are you, you into the high socks now? Because the kids brought those back. I used to be ankle like as little almost mid-calf. You're mid calf now. That's now. You've yeah. always been mid calf. Um, no, yes and no. Like I always played with mid calf. I was never a, 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 a like a, no seat. No, a, yeah, I'm always mid calf. I'm yeah. always mid calf. But why like, was well, that? Just. 
I'm, look, cover your ankles you know, tape. I, Did you tape your ankles? I didn't tape my ankles. Uh, I have massive feet. Like, <laughs> I do. And I'm like 6'5", so I'm not super tall to wear like size 15s. And like, I think at some point it was like, you, I got these big old feet. If I wear these tiny socks, they look even bigger. So let me go ahead and counterbalance. Let me balance yeah. it up with some sock, you <laughs> yeah. know? Look at anyway. that. Fashion tips. Yeah. All right, what hey, you got? We're going to keep it going. All right. How would you wear your socks with these shoes? So going around <laughs> China right now, we got these knockoff Jordans. And, you know, they're they're Jordans. It's Michael Jordan's upper body, but probably Kim Kardashian's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this? Are are you, in are, some Lululemon. Uh, like, uh, in some Lululemon are you, are tights. You, are you copying these for the holiday season? <laughs> Heck no. <laughs> these are the worst. Like, look, we've all had our knockoffs. You get a Lolex on the street in Canal Street in New Bro. York City. You find a fake Louis Vuitton out there somewhere. But this doesn't even come close to passing. Like, there are, there are ass cheeks that you can see, it's like Lululemon. Yes, it's awful. One of the worst knockoffs I've ever seen. How are people buying these? But I guess my question is, if the Jordans are made in China anyway, isn't it just a Jordan? Like if they're coming, if they're coming <laughs> not, from not the with factory, that butt man on there. If they're coming from the factory, though, would the only thing that's different is the logo. <laughs> You'd still rock them? No, I'm not You're saying telling that me I your would. sons no, are going to rock no, those if you saying, brought those home I'm to your boys? I'm just asking you philosophically, like, aren't they, like, aren't they the same shoe though? Quality wise? Yeah. That's the question that remains to be seen. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to get a pair in here and test them out. I wouldn't test those things out. I'm saying those are blowing out. You know what, two... you know what we can do is have Jordan send us some real Jordans. <laughs> yeah, now have we're him send us some real Jordans. Yeah. We'll, we'll go cop the fake ones somewhere. Yeah, and we'll just, compare them. We'll tear them up for you. I like how you're already yeah. vibing trying to get the free swag because I'm all about the free swag. <laughs> would, would you rather rock these big baller brand or, or Steph Curry shoes? Oh, why you gotta diss my man Steph? The the new Curry fours are a lot better. Oh, old, my son old Curry's, got his, my old Curry's, old like Curry. the initial, the new Curry's. My fashion. son got his Curry fours last night. Yeah, we warmed at a gym last night for practice. Yeah, Fuego, everybody. Look Kids at that. Like, what? What's up? Yeah. Didn't see that. I like it. Getting on board with Steph Curry. Steph Curry, he's come a long way because those first one, the nursing ones, all white, That's the what nursing I was home referring ones. Referring to those, these are a lot better than those. So we're getting better, Steph. Keep it coming. Keep evolving. He'll be up there with everybody else. They'll be way better in the way of Wades anyway. <laughs> All right. That's it for our Thanksgiving episode. Hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. Make sure to give us a follow on at Canel and Bell on Twitter. We'll put pictures up there. Our boy Debo runs that account. Hit us up for autographs. That's where you go for all your autograph requests. If you want one, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Can't be three, four. It's got to be five. Cinco. And uh, leave us a five-star review. Put something on there. Troll us if you want. Hit up Raja. Ask him for what you want to know about shooting technique. We'll get we'll get hardcore in there. Oh, ask man. us questions. Anything you want to know on the show, we'll hit him up. Keep subscribing. We appreciate you for taking the time out. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Travel safe. Enjoy it with your loved ones. Take care.